Good morning. How are you? Well, we're feeling really privileged to be able to share up in some of the uh, stand up and share in some of the main time that we have as a family um, on a Sunday. Thank you, Tim, and to the others. And we just all felt that the Lord was in that. Um, our family, Louisa and myself, our three children, who will come up a bit later when we get prayed for, that's Micah, Samuel and Ariella, are one of those crossroad moments in your life where you have that feeling that you need to, it's time to leave the familiar once again, you step into the unfamiliar, um, and yet we're convinced with the confidence that God's put this in front of us and he's called us. So we're, we're moving to Moree in New South Wales, um, but as a part of that we'd love to share some scriptures you know, from the heart of God this morning, uh, his love for all cultures. And, uh, and how he's united us as one, one man um, in Christ. Uh, we'll both tag team and, and share the story of how God got our attention. It was very left field to go to more. We, we have not been expecting an interstate move at this time in our life. In fact, uh, all the relationships here have just deepened, and we're just deepening once again. Uh, and that actually speaks to us that in Jesus' heart and mind, uh, he sees us as really connecting with the family of God here even a deeper level than before, and here at Rivers in particular. Um, and that's a longer-term connection. It's interesting, we feel, than the move to Moree. Uh, we feel very much connected here, morning, night service, and some other communities in Moreton Bay, but sent from here to be returning often. So please pray for us. It was around four years ago, perhaps three, I was in Uluru. It was a wonderful privilege, and uh, quite a number of Christian believers um, came from almost every state and territory in Australia and converged at, at Uluru at an event called Melted Hearts as One. It just seemed like a gathering for across the body of Christ, you know, and how there's a place for that, with the Lord in unity uh, across the... There's prayers that, that are prayed, and it's a, it's a real thing of the Lord. It was a beautiful thing. Um, and we were there at, at Uluru uh, nearby, and... Uh, and it was a profound, some profound scenes. There were also Aboriginal people came from many different Aboriginal nations from within Australia. You know how there are many different people groups, many languages and many nations of our Indigenous brothers and sisters within this continent. Uh, many nations, that's how they refer to it. So there were many who, who came together. And it was incredible to have this map of Australia. Kind of like, I think it was crocheted up in some way with all different sectioned out according to the original nations, you know, the, the land boundary areas of the Aboriginal people. And uh, we whites, we had a time, like in any good relationship, whether it's husband, wife, dear friends, you know, any, every relationship that matters, there's a listening on both sides, isn't there? You know that, like humility? Oh, actually, I'll take the time to hear you and um, my heart is warm because I see you're listening to me. And in every relationship, that's essential. But some really incredible listening to and fro happened on those meetings with tears shed, hugs. Um, we we um, kind of, the white people were at their feet blessing them and praying over them and there were tears and we sat down and we listened. There's a beautiful Christian lady, Arnie, Arnie Mavis from Arnhem Land. who's a council leader and a leader in the church and her, her people um, sat down in her measured way began to just speak parables it was much like the style of Jesus, as he shared parables that really cut to the heart about our unity in Christ. But what was really powerful was this map of Australia marked out with the nations, uh, the Aboriginal nations within Australia. And then these elders and leaders from all different Aboriginal countries with the white people there, all in unity, 
No, the, the Lord had knit our hearts together, melted hearts as one. Amazing, just like heaven. And, um, but these ones knelt down and recognizing that they are, you know, uh, socially and historically the traditional, uh, the First Nations people, aren't they, of this soil, aren't they? They have this longer term affinity here. And, and it's the scripture that says God chooses the times and places where we are born and we're lived. And these are the ones who've lived here, you know, for many, many centuries. And it was just an incredible moment. You could feel a sense of the power of, of the Lord and of the word as these ones, the owners of the land, gave that title up even to the Lord, to the Most High God. And they're saying, Jesus Christ, we are in unity as uh, cross-culturally, but Lord, and we as the traditional original landowners, we declare that you are the original creator and you own this land of Australia and all of our nations and all of our places. And can you sense the power that there was in that united voice um, of those, those people as they dedicated this land to the purposes of Jesus Christ? It was really profound. And the uniting that can come together through Jesus in an incredibly unique way. You know, no political movement can bring the unity that can be found inside of Jesus Christ. And then the dedication of the land and the families by us in a united sense. I wonder how dear to the heart, how important are all of the cultures, to have all cultures represented in this one family? How important is that to Jesus? This morning, I was most moved by any of the lines of the songs when it said, Jesus, be the center of your church. All of a sudden, I just like felt filled with God, you know, an emotion, and my tears almost welled up. I thought, wow, I wasn't expecting that. It's just something that's in the heart of God. Let's read Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 and 11. It'll come up on the screen. How important is the representation of all peoples and all cultures to God? After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that, had, that nobody could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, this melted hearts as one, Jesus at the center of everybody's vision. Not my culture at the center, or not your culture. There was no more us and them, you and me. Even that conversation is superseded, it's swallowed up in a vision and in a united, another culture, a culture of heaven, a fresh kingdom, a whole other way forward. It's incredible. Jesus at the center. And, and you know, I'm there, <laughs> you're there in some form or other. And, and our Aboriginal brothers and sisters, are, and I, I hope there's some here representing, uh, particularly because we're talking about the different cultures, the Indigenous brothers and sisters are maybe, maybe here today as well. But it says, they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God. And here's where people, as in all of our relationships, we have a measure of division and unity, but here is pure unity. You know, peace on earth. As it is in heaven, so on earth, but us brought up into heaven. Every culture. This is how important it is. Whether you're from Europe or Australia or the Aboriginal Indigenous bloodlines, the Lord Jesus bring us together in one superior kingdom. 
Thank you, Lord. Well, we'll begin to just share the story now of how God's leading us to Maury. Um, All right. Hey. Um, yeah, like Steve said, this was a very um, unexpected event. Um, we, we moved to Kalanga about a year ago. Um, we knew this is where we wanted to be. This is the center of um, our community, the people that we love. And um, we came and we um, just had like a little open house in the mornings for people to come and pray um, every morning. And um, when we started that, we felt like it was just like a one-year assignment from God, like to have a really focused year of prayer. And um, so when our lease started to come up for the house we were living in in Kalenga, um, we we knew it really mattered, like, um, what God spoke about it. Um, like, we, as people, we get, we get to choose, and God loves, like, and God will bless us whatever we choose. We're in him. Um, but we've always felt like we just want to be led by the Lord, like, with everything that we do. And we know that he has the fullness of wisdom and the fullness of strategy for his kingdom, and, um, yeah, so we've always been very intentional about seeking um, his, his desire for what's next. So we'd begun praying about where to move to. Honestly, we just probably assumed it was another house in Kalanga. Um, it certainly had no desire to go anywhere else. Um, and so we're, one morning in, our, in the prayer room in our house... Um, it was a few months till the lease kind of ran out, but I'm like, Steve, I really feel like this morning, like, let's ask God about where we're to go, and let's actually expect him to answer today, not because he has to, like, I'm not trying to twist his arm or anything like that, but because he's good, and he wants to lead his people, and, you know, James says we should ask without, um, without worry, you know, and... So, yeah, just trusting in God's goodness and plans. We, yeah, we just like, yeah, God speak to us today. Yeah, so that was a morning in perhaps it was the end of October or early November. So it hasn't been long, but like this quick process. Um, on that morning too, it was interesting before going down into our prayer room space, I, had, um, I too had specifically felt today's a day for me personally to really ask the Lord, know that I've asked him, just leave it at his you know, at his feet again and, and be listening. Where do you want us to move after this lease? Um, what are we going to be doing? Um, on that day, it was so emphasized for me. And so I did that, and Louisa brought that up, and she prayed specifically the Lord would speak to me that morning. Um, so then Louisa took the kids out. We homeschool the kids and do a range of things, so Louisa was looking after them. They went out, and my father phoned my dad, um, Bruce Jennings, and he... he um, he said that they'd been down in a trip down in New South Wales at a gathering and heard about this uh, work of, reach of varied types down in Moree. And um, he said that he was just thinking, that's Stephen Louisa, that's Stephen Louisa the whole time. So he, he then said something he's never done to me ever. He said, we really got to talk to you, you know, but it's got to be face to face, Steve, and, and just want to talk to you. Um, so I said, well, if you come over in 45 minutes, it'll be perfect. So I went off on my, uh, like a walk with God just to get some uh, space that I do and, and, and pray and ask that question. And then when I got back a few minutes later, mum and dad arrived and they started to share with us about Maureen. Um, 
And when they said, oh, it's about Maury, I thought, oh, it's probably one of those times, you know, when someone might hear about something and go, oh, that sounds like you, but it's just not your lane, you know, it's not your time. So I, I had that sort of feeling, but pretty quickly, uh, as he spoke about what God's doing there in Maury, it really gripped me that these are like core themes that God's put in our lives, particularly my life, um, but we're praying about how Louisa fits in with this. Um, they're working with Indigenous people, of course, and especially the children and uh, families um, and education. So for me, we're just giving you some backstory now, especially for the many who have said you want to pray for us um, uh, so that you can understand where we're going and what we're doing. So about four years ago, um, God began to speak to me. He, he spoke to me to go back to study and to learn to teach English as, a, as to speakers of other languages. So for four years, I've been doing that in part-time uh, teaching, first adults and then young kids uh, for the last two years. Um, and it was at that same time, four years ago, that he began putting on my heart and my radar the indigenous cultures and their place and their situation. Um, and, and the Lord sent me to the Kimberley on a trip, a training trip, and to Arnhem Land in two different areas on mission trips, and to Uluru, and to some uh, the Maori people in New Zealand as well. Uh, so over four years, I've been doing, just seeking to follow the Lord, doing this teaching track and literacy training, as well as uh, trips uh, to Aboriginal areas, brothers and sisters. But I always sense one day, Lord, that's, that timing's uncanny. You know, there's, there's going to be a crossover teaching with Indigenous. And so as Dad shared, this is exactly a big part of what this team's doing in Moree. But um, it's holistically and it's very much about love for, for the people there. Lifestyle evangelism and discipleship is huge in what they do. So that's what happened on that same day for me. And it was just a prepared day. And my dad's phone came. And uh, by the end of that call, I said, I can't, I can't ignore this. It's like the fingerprints of God all over this. And then we went day by day from then. Um, it was very kind of God because um, so Steve had got to hear that we had about a three-minute crossover before Steve went to work. So he kind of gave me like a, like a tiny rundown. I was just like, what? <laughs> Big what? Um, but I, yeah, yeah, we've, I guess... Often people are like excited about a project. They're like, yeah, you should go do this. And, but we've always just known that it's a no. Like, we've always known that um, we're where we're meant to be. And, um, but yeah, even when Steve shared, I was like, oh, I don't know if I can just write this off. Um, and yeah, God was so kind that night. There were some um, missionaries from the Solomon Islands actually came to our house. Um, we had met them very briefly before and they were... Um, I think going on their way to Taiwan, had a stopover in Brisbane, came and hung out at our place that night with a few others, like Stephen, um, came and just gathered to hear their story. And um, yeah, yeah, it was the kindness of God that they were there because there were so many moments um, while they were sharing. Um, Um, that really softened my heart. And it was um, quite amazing. Um, Grace, um, one of the missionaries, was, she just shared this story multiple times, and it was quite socially unusual. 
um, but it kept hitting me right in the heart and she just kept sharing how how when she was young, I think when she was eight, she dedicated herself to God to be a missionary. And finally, I'm not sure how old she is, maybe around 60, like God had made that come about. Um, and the whole time I was just aware that I was that girl um, who had devoted herself as a child just to follow wholeheartedly wherever he might send. Um, so that was kind of like a key moment. And there were just lots of kind of tiny details that alone didn't, didn't mean anything, but all together were very significant in that moment. Um, even just some of the scriptures they were sharing about um, how God has called them to the Solomon Islands. Um, were ones that we've had on our heart. Um, and I was reading, I just felt led to read one of them. Um, Malachi 1.11, which is about praises and offerings being poured out to God, like from the rising to the setting of the sun. I just had this moment of curiosity. I was like, oh, what does Maury mean? Because um, most place names have a meaning, and it was like where the sun rises. And it just kind of hit me again, like, oh, this isn't something that I can just ignore or write off as somebody else's good idea. Like, this seems more and more like this might be God's good idea. Um, so, yeah, God really opened me up through that kind of divine setup that we couldn't have, yeah, seen coming. But, yeah, it was really important for the journey. To mention Karina's dream at this oh, point, or yeah, probably again. within like a few days, or within like yeah, a few days or a week or something of that. Um, I kind of had like um, a memory of a few months ago, one of my friends. A few months before. All a few of this months process, before this yeah. had popped up, yeah. yeah. Um, one of my friends had sent me a message saying, "Louisa, I had a dream that you and Steve moved to an indigenous community." She's like, "Are you moving?" I was just like, no, <laughs> like, no, not on the cards, no, maybe one day, um, but zero expectation it might be relevant in the next 10 years or um, whatever. So, yeah, like, um, that was kind of an, another interesting thing that alone doesn't mean that you pack up and move everything, but it was just all together, all these things, um, God was really yeah, causing to confirm to us that we were well and truly on a journey. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. Um, so Louisa mentioned we got on the phone and had our first conversation with one of the team, the small team down there who we are joining. So for those who are interested, it's called Ephraim House. There's a ministry that's like set up as an interdenominational ministry, but it's a small team who've been reaching out for many years now really practical ways. So there's two food runs, you know, like hot food and going out through the housing commission area to um, provide hot food and, and smiles and welcome and listening and love. Um, there's another fruit run for the kids on a different day of the week. It's a prayer run slash fruit run. And lots of the local shops donate food. So there's, a, there's really over, just an abundance being provided. It's a huge hospitality ministry. Um, there's a whole lot of lifestyle evangelism and uh, discipleship happening, which is really exciting, really relishing. Uh, and their action, the, the go-getters. So 
Um, so we've always been more contemplative and worship focused uh, and things, but it's also going to be awesome to put legs on that, you know, consistent, like really strongly every week. They go to the skate park um, weekly to engage with the youth. They go to the rehabilitation center in town to, um, you know, talk to the, the men there, mainly men, men and women about Jesus um, and just build relationships uh, uh, and go to surrounding towns as well to encourage any Christians. And there's the tutoring that happens two afternoons a week as well, on a Monday and Tuesday, to engage with the kids. Many children are enrolled in the local Maury State School, and there's even a Christian school as well. But in the state school, they'll be enrolled, but they can't be uh, expelled. But there's a portion of children who are there, and they get perpetual 21-day suspensions, you know, the maximum suspension. They come back, and then they're gone again, and they're never, never engaged. Uh, it's a two-way street. Some may not want to engage, but others do. But the team we're joining, Ephraim House, have a very strong vision for like the future for these kids. Who uh, the system's not connecting with them, uh, even if it's well intentioned. Okay, so I'll get to what what one of the main uh, roles that I've been called to help go and fill uh, in a moment. But it's about helping to engage with those kids. There's a little bit about what the team Ephraim House is doing and who we're joining. There are about four people in the team and their families, but then there's a church that they're linked with of 30 or 40 who come together on a Sunday, which is great. So, yeah, on that initial call to the team, just kind of exploring what's happening, it was just incredible hearing the story of the favour and leadership of God um, down there, how extraordinarily he's leading them and providing for them. Um, and it was just very encouraging um, for us as well. Like, we, we homeschool, so in lots of ways that makes it easier. We can just take them wherever. But I was like, oh, it would be nice if there were other homeschoolers around or ways that they could connect. And then we found out that the, um, the other main couple down there have kids, five kids between the ages of ours, and they homeschool too. Um, so that was lovely. Yeah, and there's just all these kind of unexpected ways that would make make it easier um and yeah so that was really wonderful uh yeah yeah um yeah like i said god's been <laughs> god's been leading this so powerfully they've actually been serving the community there for about 30 years um and i'm not sure how many um years ago but yeah, God's interest and passion for this is incredible that um, they were able to, they were given the value of $100,000, which helped them to buy two houses. They also run a, like a live-in internship program for young people. So they have a guy's house and a girl's house. These people live in for a year, do study, a bit like a very practical um, Bible college um, type of thing. Um, so God provided housing for the interns. Um, but there's an older missionary couple um, who moved there in. God called them unexpectedly also um, from Ballina where they were planning on retiring um, in the near future. Um, God called them to Maury, I think, in May. God also incredibly provided for them. So there's the two intern houses and then their house 
was basically next door. Um, so amazing how God connected them all together. Then the council was like, what you guys are doing is amazing. What can we do to help you? They're like, we need some land. So they said, well, you can choose from these various plots of land. One of them was the park that these three houses are connected to. So now there's three houses and a park. Um, the buildings surround the park. Yeah. And like, I was just provided this little centre of focus point. It's amazing provision. And they really had on their heart, there's an a unused state emergency services hall that is also on the other side of the park. Um, so it kind of forms a U around the park with the hall, the SES hall? Yeah. Yeah. And so they really had on their heart for God to, um, to give them that for, for the um, education centre, um, to help with all the, the meal and ministry things, help actually have a home for the church because at the moment they meet in a patio, which is actually amazing, but it's more so it's really hot or it's really cold. <laughs> so yeah. to have a building would kind of be really practical. Um, yeah, and just another way that God's favour has really been on that place. It's, um, like it's a small kind of team and community. Um, but, oh, God is just so jealous for people to be brought into health and love and fullness of life. And um, so these guys don't have funding, like, to employ lawyers or things like that. But as they were um, kind of gearing up, feeling like, yeah, God's wanting us to be the answer for some of the needs here for education in this community. Um, they got a call from a team of um, lawyers who have to do a, a project of helping a startup um, kind of community event, um, community thing happen. Not a ministry, most of them aren't Christians. Um, but they called these guys and they're like, do you guys have anything you want help to get off the ground? And they're like, well. <laughs> so now there's like, yeah, a whole team of lawyers um, accountants, just people who organise all that kind of stuff that I have no idea about, who are like really doing a work for the Lord, even though most of them don't know Him. They're really, um, God's just using anyone and everyone to help this happen. It's beautiful. Yeah, so they're reaching out in so many ways, very practical, down to earth ways. There's a couple of tutoring afternoons that are happening for uh, up to 10 children. But the vision is, because I just mentioned earlier, so many children are disengaged and even if they would like to, they're not getting engaged. And there's a lot of funding gets pumped out there. But the Ephraim House team, like they're just grieved because it's like uh, the benefit's not reaching the people, if that makes sense. So the vision is to create, to, to see God in Jesus' ways, raise up a centre that can um, be um, to, staff who are like, tutors and mentors as much as uh, teachers. Um, these ones have got the, grass, the ground grassroots relationships going into the families. I mean, they take a, mini, a couple of minibuses through once or twice, twice a week, and it's like an ice cream truck. It just drives through the streets, um, and any kids who want to literally jump on and come back to the kids' program where there's food and they hear about Jesus. Um, we would do things differently here, you know, with the sign-ups and everything. But, um, wow, it's like all in, and they just jump aboard and, and have an incredible time, um, and so on. So doing all these things, but they um, have a vision to 
Use those relationships to go out into the community, into their houses to re-engage, to build relationships. So they've had three prayers. Shall I do that bit? They've had three prayers related to a new education centre. One has been for a facilitator to, to coordinate a whole new level of education centre one day so that kids can be enrolled there instead of state school system with a whole new alternative way of engaging um, with them for education. Um, and they've had a prayer for a facility and they've been praying for that SE, SES hall to be released to them to buy, which is against the rules. It's like you, it's state government owned, owned hall that Louisa was talking about, adjacent to the park. You can't buy off the state government as private entities, um, but it had been released that they were able to, but the treasurer had held it up for, for quite a long time. And the third prayer point has been for funding. Well, we talked to them on, on a Tuesday when we got our final confirma confirmation. We hit, thong, you know, 100%. Okay, we're definitely going. We had a phone call with the team down there. We were incredibly amazed at the unity um, in that phone call. So we said, yes, we're coming, you know. Uh, and uh, the guy said, well, I guess that first prayer um, is answered for the facilitator because my role has been, I've been asked to come and manage this uh, learning centre that doesn't really exist. It's just like tutoring, but moving forward um, by faith, which these other people are helping to provide so much groundwork to get going. Um, and the, the second one was the SES Hall. So the great encouragement was that on the same afternoon, the same day when we, we spoke to them and said, yes, we're definitely coming and, and we'll be the facilitator, you know, for this education centre, uh, the manager for that. Um, we got a, a text um, from the team, from Alan Moss. He said, I thought you'd be interested, but the treasurer, the state treasurer, just signed off on the SES Hall for purchase. Um, it's like for less than 40 grand. There's this um, big building, car park. You can seat 120 people, kitchen facility and space, smaller spaces in there for, for teaching in classes. So this hold-up the Lord just released, and one day, like, the facilitator and, um, and the SES hall for sale, um, the contracts were being drawn up that day. And um, the Lord really knit the team together, you know, that sense of, wow, God's in this, and it's um, the project and the chosen people for us to be uh, working together as a team on that one day. So all of a sudden, we felt relationally connected with them with a bit of a God story, which is really cool. Sure. How about you go find the kids? Thanks. Are we going to do a prayer time? You mentioned. Uh, we'll, we'll, Louise will just grab our kids. Thanks so much. Um, I just wanted to say um, our email contact. I think that's, thanks, Wendy. We are so blessed at the, the depth of relationship we have with many people and, and many here actually as well. Thank you for your interest in prayers, guys. Really appreciate it. And that song again was the one that touched my heart. Jesus at the center of it all. And we need to go down and really merge in with what the Lord is doing. You know, we can't just go and import something or be a, um, you know, this different culture saying, rocking up, oh, we know how to help. We know what your questions are. We know what your answers are. It's not like that at all. No, we're going to go and encounter the Lord Jesus in the people we find there as well. We're going to. So our vision in unity, I didn't read Ephesians chapter 2, which I was going to, but it was read out in our Bible, you know, reading at the start before we got up. And it says that the Lord has made, there we go, he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one. This is any broken barrier, especially Jews and Gentiles, but any. He has divided, he has removed, destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. 
His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross. I'm going to read the final sentence. For through him, that is Christ, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. So pray for us as we go down that we'll have the wisdom and humility of God to come alongside as equals, you know, brothers and sisters, with everyone we find there, and together discern what the Lord's vision is, you know, for the, for the people there. Picture with me that keyboard, that piano, the keys on a piano. Here they come. The keys on a piano, there is white and, and black interspersed, right, interleaved, the different colours, but they're all in unison. They're all on the one level. You see what I mean? The two colours. And uh, for any type of relationships, this is it. We're all on a level, all equal, and what it takes is the Lord, Lord Jesus, whom we trust, Jesus at the centre, to come and sit down, unify us, which he has done. And then we have the Lord Jesus, by the Spirit of God, play us. Play us as a people, that we can harmonise and do something beautiful together. So that's our heart in going down to see if we can come, come under and serve and come alongside. So we'll put our email address up there if you would, if you would like to. If not, there's no, no problem. But many people have, we've been so blessed. A friend of ours got together a group and they, they gave a, this really substantial gift from just 15 of them and we're really blessed. It's helping us to get a cost, uh, the cost we need to get down there. I have two days of work in case anyone's asking, when we're down there, two days' worth of work lined up, and the rest is by faith, and that's the, the status in which we go. Send us an email if you'd like to get updates from us, and that would be wonderful. Thank you, Tim. <laughs>